So before I get started this morning, if you have your bulletins, <clears throat> there's this page on the back that says Sermon Notes. This would be a really good message. Every message is good to take notes, but this would be a, a really good one. And if you're like, man, I forgot a pen, I can't find one. Uh, the cool thing is, is Huntsville Christian Church has an app that you can download on your phone or tablet. And there's a journal section there, and you can take notes on that. And uh, the cool thing is it saves them. And so at lunch tomorrow, you can review your notes. Um, just don't start playing games while I'm speaking, while you're taking. Don't get distracted. I think John talked about that uh, a couple of weeks ago. So if you're new with us here this morning, today, you have a, or if you haven't been here in a while, we are in a second part of a series that we're calling A Deeper Understanding. And over the, these next three weeks, we're looking at a, a three different psalms. And they're not really psalms you would think of. You know, when you think of psalms, a lot of us think of like 23, and those are the common ones. <clears throat> we're kind of like picking this odd, different ones. And so this morning, we're looking at Psalm 42. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open them there. This morning, Psalm 42. Um, the psalms are located in the Old Testament, and we believe the author of most of them is King David. And if you know anything about, if anything about King David, you know he lived an incredible life of emotional ups and downs. It's kind of like uh, just kind of struggling to keep up with all of, all of his emotions. It's, um, it's just he has all these emotional up and downs. Um, and, you, and as you begin to read the psalms, you'll discover this right away. Uh, it seems every psalm we read has a range of emotions, doesn't it? Some are very upbeat, and David is, is praising God, and he's worshiping Him. And some are very, are very guilt-driven. He's, guilt, he's guilty about the life that he's lived, and, and some of you guys know those stories as well. Um, but some are sad and somber and, and deal with death. You know, I remember in high school, and maybe some of you did this as well, I did this, um, I would make these things called mixtapes on these things called cassette tapes. That's what they are, as you guys have ever seen them. Um, they play music, and you can put music on them. Um, I haven't seen one or a cassette tape player in a long time. But I would make these cassette mixtapes on these, on these tapes right here. And oftentimes, uh, you know, you'd make these mixtapes depending on the emotional you know, state you were in in high school. And, um, and so it just depended on the mood you were in that day. So maybe you were thinking about the girl you had a crush on, and so you got, like, a lot of, like, Bon Jovi on there, you know, because... <laughs> Because a guy like me's love song is Bon Jovi, right? <laughs> or um, I also listen to Meatloaf. You guys ever heard of Meatloaf? Yeah, because those those are like those are real love songs, and you'd put so you'd put songs like that on your on your cassette tape. Um, but I I got to tell you, these days there's not too many cassette tapes around anymore, so you don't see too many mixtapes. I think the the new one is is you can do these like playlists on Spotify and iTunes, and you can make your own playlist, I guess. Um, but you're not going to see too many of these around anymore. So, and, um, and by the way, if you have a Spotify account, Huntsville Christian Church has one. You can find out that. We, uh, we try to put music that we sing up here on Sunday morning, so you can listen to that on your way to work. So go check that out as well. And the cool thing about Spotify, it's free. You don't have to pay anything. So listen to all the music we sing up here. It's pretty cool. Now, as I read through the Psalms, they remind me of, of a playlist. They remind me of these mixtapes that I used to make as a kid. And, uh, and, and in Psalm 42, this is no, no different. This is a, uh, that's what we're going to be reading today about Psalm 42. And as you read Psalm 42, you're going to realize this psalm is probably one of the most emotionally filled 
chapters, I believe in all of the Bible, never mind the Psalms, it's, it's got dark, deep, there's some heart pain in it. Um, there's a lot of poetry, as the Psalms do have. Um, and, you know, David was clearly in some gut-wrenching soul turmoil as he was writing this psalm. Sadness, though, is not mainly what this psalm is about. It's, it's mainly about having a thirst for God. And I believe as we read through this today, we'll realize that the, God's desire for us is to have an awakening for Him. Not only in our own lives, but within the church and in, within our families as well. And if you have your psalms, go ahead and read that. I have a guest speaker that's going to come up this morning, um, and he's going to read the psalms for us. So, John, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Hey, glad to be here. <laughs> they were looking for somebody famous and couldn't find anyone, so you're stuck with me. Picture this in your mind, if you will. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. <clears throat> While men say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God with thousands, or excuse me, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. Why are you downcast, O oh, my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me, therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon. From Mount Mizar, deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Thanks, John. Appreciate that. Have you ever wondered where God went? For some of you here today, you may feel like you have a pretty good understanding of who God is and, and your knowledge is, is really um, based for Him and your own faith seems set. You may have never missed an opportunity to be at church or maybe you've never missed an opportunity to serve others and you're there at every opportunity that comes about. However, there are still times that maybe you feel like you're running on E. Your spiritual well is dry. Your prayers seem to hit the ceiling every time you pray. And yet for others, a relationship with God is a totally new concept. You may be spiritually dry, but longing for God to show up. Have you ever been through a time in life when the heavens have seemed empty? I bet you have. Maybe you don't want to admit it. 
Maybe it's something you would only write in your, your diary or me, like a man journal. You might write, why is this happening to me? Admittedly, there are days when I feel like I've done everything I could the week before. I've done my part. I've gotten all the things that I needed to get done here at the church to, to keep things functioning and running. I've done my best to, to help those who've needed help. And yet there are Sundays when I walk in here and I feel empty. And I wonder and I ask God, what business do I have coming here when I feel like this, when I feel this way? And God says, Andy, it's your job. It's not about you. It's about me. This is what you were created for, and God shows up. In times of desperation, God seems absent. And from your very core, sometimes wonder, you wonder, is this real? That's what Psalm 42 is all about. In times of desperation, when God seems absent, we need to remember this psalm. This morning as we work our way through Psalm 42, we're going to look at some of the things we need to remember when we go through these dry spells of life. The first thing I want you to remember this morning, and maybe I think the most important point, and, and if you've got a pen, you need to write this down, every person experiences sp- seasons of spiritual drought. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you've been coming to church since the day you were born or if this is your first week here. Every person, it doesn't matter, goes through seasons of spiritual drought. Verse 1, as the deer pants the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. The author here is thirsty. He's thirsty because he hasn't had anything to drink. He's empty. Animals get thirsty, right? We can tell when an animal is thirsty because they begin to pant. They have an outward sign for their desire to be filled up, right? It's it's inevitable. Can Can you relate to this? You may, you may have been there on a hot day, sun's blazing, it's hot, it's humid, and you spent too much time outdoors, right? Maybe you didn't take a bottle of water with you. And then when you first come inside, you're, you're ready to drink a ton of water, right? You know what it's like to be thirsty. Similarity, spiritually, we go through those times when we are thirsty and nothing seems to quench our thirst at all. What are the causes of this spiritual drought? I've got a few ideas about this, and I want to share them with you today. Number one, spiritual drought is caused by a spiritually void environment. Verse two, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? If you look at the entire psalm, you realize that David is away from Jerusalem, right? He's away from home. He's he's out of his comfort zone, to say. He was away from the people that, that he does life with. Have you ever been there? He's away from that sameness and familiarity that he's used to. He's not where he's accustomed to being. Have you ever been on a business trip and you're like, man, I just can't wait to get home to my family and my kids and my, and my wife. I, 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 need to, I need to sleep in my bed tonight, right? Have you ever been there? That's, this is where David is. Have you, ever, have you ever displaced yourself and gone in, into an environment where God was not? And now we know that God is everywhere, but His presence is not always is honored in the, in the same places, right? Sometimes we find ourselves in those environments, and because of that, we get thirsty. Another reason for spiritual drought could be physical exhaustion. Verse 3, my tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long. Verse 10, my bones suffer mortal agony. 
Tears don't make good food, do they? David's not just thirsty, he's hungry. And sometimes we're just physically exhausted. And because of that, we become spiritually empty as well. John Maxwell wrote a book called One Hour with God. And in that book, he talks about the jungles of Africa. And there was this traveler who was making a a long trip. He'd hired laborers to to help him move all um, that he had hired. And he had hired these day laborers that he engaged for the tribe to carry the load for him. The travelers had high hopes of a speedy journey. But on the second morning, these men refused to move. For some strange reason, they just wanted to sit and rest. And he asked them about their their reasoning for not moving. And they didn't speak very well, so they had an interpreter there. So the traveler, of course, you know, they got a translator. They had to go get a translator. And after getting this translator, he was informed that they had gone too fast the, the first day. They went too fast ahead of them. And now they were waiting for their souls to catch up with their bodies. Now, we may laugh a little bit about that. But how many times have you needed to wait for your soul to catch up with your body? We like to think that physical exhaustion doesn't touch us spiritually, but it does. We're tired sometimes. Spiritual drought is often fueled by opposition and direction. The third point, verse 3, While men say to me all day long, where is your God? Verse 9, why have, <clears throat> why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? Verse 10, my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? We have opposition in this world, right? We have distractions, and if we're not careful... We can let these things get in the way of our faith. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a spiritual drought. Number four, spiritual drought is a side effect of extensive spiritual exhaustion. Verse four, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one. I used to, but now I'm tired. Sometimes you can get spiritually tired as well. Like after working a week of summer camp. You know, this past summer, me and John, we oversaw like 50 third and fourth graders and several of, we had several of you sitting out there helping us. But have you ever sat through a week of summer camp? <laughs> and while pouring into all those week, all week into those kids is a great thing, it's spiritually exhausting. In times like these, I think... Uh, of Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. And you know, after this great demonstration of the power of God on on Mount Carmel, you would think after such a mountaintop experience, Elijah would be stoked. But he was tired. In chapter 19, that still small voice comes and asks him that question. Elijah, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars and put your... they are trying to kill me listen spiritual exhaustion is a real thing it's why many young men and women only two years out of bible college end up leaving the ministry and going into a whole different industry altogether they quit and move on church leaderships and senior ministers uh, not recognizing when those who are under them are tired burned out and spiritually exhausted this is a real thing One of my favorite parts about serving here at Huntsville Christian Church is that our leadership and our staff, we recognize that this is a real thing. 
We go on a sabbatical once a month. And we're told to do nothing. Don't check email. Don't pick up your phone. You need to rest. Verse 4, these things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Are you in a spiritual drought? What season of life are you in right now? We all, we all have to grow up physically and spiritually, right? I've been a teenager once in my life, and I was a young adult, and now I kind of think I'm a middle adult, I guess. That's what I would be called. Is that a thing? Um, and I know someday I'll be a senior adult. And throughout each phase and season of life, no matter where you are today, we can all agree that there are strengths and weaknesses to every phase of life. Our goal is to build, to build up and not grow weary as we progress through these life phases, to become spiritual giants, so to say. However, this is not always the case. These seasons we pass through present new trials, new experiences, Growth, confusion, clarification, a lifelong journey to be filled by God's Spirit, despite our weaknesses and despite our exhaustion. A fifth reason for spiritual drought is extended temptation. Notice in verse 3 and 10 the words all day long. In verse 9, David says, Why have you forgotten me? Folks, the devil's real and, and the devil doesn't rest. He continues to tempt us. God doesn't leave us, though. But when we are in the midst of temptation and God seems far away, spiritual drought begins to sink in. And we become victim to Satan's plans for us. And as we're tempted, there may be those things that, that don't bother us, right? But there are always those things that, that do. Sometimes what tempts others doesn't bother you all that much. Man, how, you, and you wonder, how did that person get into that pattern? How did they get into that? And yet at the same time, there may be a temptation in your life that, that you struggle with, and it hits you every time too, and you guys know it. It may, be, it may be impossible to break free from your temptation. Satan is a rather intelligent being. He knows where and when and how to get you. Don't let your temptation to continue to separate you from your heavenly Father. And sixth, last but not least, cause of spiritual drought may be to our own disobedience. Jeremiah writes this, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dung their own cisterns, cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Instead of thirsting for God, we find ourselves thirsty for other things. The, the musician David Crowder tells the story of growing up um, loving rock music, and he loved the, the, the rock band Queen. And he says, when, when secular music was banned from his house, he said, I circumvented this by listening to Kiss really, really loud at my friend's house and explaining to my parents that, that Queen was, in fact, a Christian band. <laughs> This unfortunately later backfired on him one day at church when he was at church with his family. And the pastor explained to the congregation that bands like Kiss and Queen were not in fact Christian bands at all and shouldn't be listened to at, at home. 
Even spiritual drought reveals God's plan for us. If you've found yourself in a place of spiritual drought, there are some things that we can do. First, God's got a plan. He's always got a plan. If, if you find yourself in spiritual drought, there's good news. God's got a plan. If you feel far away from God, God will use that. That's how great he is. God wants us to grow and mature. He wants us to become, he wants us to come to him. And he wants us to draw near to him. God wants us to see him clearly. Go on the facts. Verse 9, I say, I say to God, my rock, in the, midst of, in, in the midst of David's despair, he calls God his rock. We need to check, am I basing my, my faith facts on my feelings? Feelings come and go. Our feelings come and go, but aren't always very good, in fact, to base things on. Some of our feelings are actually pretty horrible. But if I go on the facts, if I go on what I know about God, even when I don't feel him or sense his presence, even when I'm thirsty, it's better to stick with the facts. Knowing that the Bible is God-breathed, truth, unchanging, transforming, Through times of spiritual drought, I know I need and trust and rely on God to fill me up again. Sometimes we just need to be quiet, right? We just live in such a distracted world. We always have like earphones in and the TV's on and the music's playing. Sometimes we just need to be shut up and be quiet. Richard Foster wrote a book called The Celebration of Discipline. And in it he writes this, When God lovingly draws us into a dark night of the soul, there is often a temptation to seek release from it and to blame everyone and everything for our inner dullness. The preacher is such a bore. The singing is too weak and the worship service is is so dull. We may begin to look around for another church for a new experience to to give us spiritual goosebumps. This is a serious mistake. Recognize the dark night for what it is. Be grateful that God is lovingly drawing you away from every distraction so that you can see him clearly rather than fighting. Be still and wait. Sometimes we just need to be quiet. We need to wait on God to speak. Psalm 46.10, we know it. Be still and know that I am God. He's telling you to be quiet. God wants us to love him for who he is and and not just what he gives. It's easy to love God when he's blessing us, isn't it? It's easy to to love God when when he's pouring it all out into your family and into your life and into your job and everything's going really well, right? But he wants more. He wants more than he wants more love than that and he actually deserves more love than that. He wants love that's that's there regardless of what happens in your life, through the good times and through the bad times. When we're we're left empty, we can be filled. God lets us be thirsty, but then he quenches that thirst. Another thing, get over the past. Sometimes God calls us just to get over the past. Sometimes we look back on our lives and, and we have these great worship experiences, right? And, and, and we, we look back on our lives and God's done some really great things in our lives. 
And we always say, man, if, if, if worship can just be like that again, Man, if, if I can just have that, that worship service experience again, that one time when I, when I got goosebumps, let's sing that song again that we did and I got goosebumps. We try to rekindle certain things from the past and we forget that while God was there in the past, He's here in the present. And today, He may want something new for you. You know, I love going to the Christ and Youth Conference with our high school students every year. And they leave every year saying, look, this isn't going to be like your church when you go home. Embrace what your church has. Embrace how they worship it. And he might be saying the same thing to you this morning. So what do we do about this? Verse 2, David talks about going and meeting with God. Go meet with God. Maybe you're not close Maybe you're not close to Jerusalem and maybe it's not a Sunday morning. Maybe it's Friday and you just had an exhausting week. That's the time to go and meet with God, not just on Sunday. Another thing you can do is remember. Remember. Verse 4. These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God. Verse 6. Therefore I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, and Mount Mizar. They weren't accustomed to worshiping on Mount Hermon, right? But Mount Hermon was a beautiful place where, where you might just sit and remember what God has done in your life. I think today we get so tied up in the mess that our nation is in that we forget to remember how God has been with us this whole time and how if we worship him and we turn to him that he's actually there. Sometimes a, a particular place or, or even a scent will help us remember a fond moment or a season of life. God has filled our days with moments to remember, right? To remember Him. It's time for us to take the time to find that place, to reflect and remember all that He has done in your life. <clears throat> Question yourself. Verse 5 and 11. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? When you are spiritually dry or empty, you need to ask tough questions. When going on, uh, what's going on? What's bothering me? Why am I so thirsty? Time to step up and be a little vulnerable. Ask those tough questions. And sometimes you'll say, you'll say things like this. I haven't been where I need to be. I haven't been to church in a while. I haven't been going to my, my CPR group. I haven't been going to youth group. I haven't been reading my Bible. I haven't been serving. Put your hope in God and praise Him. Verses 5 and 11, they both say, Put your hope in God. For I, will yet, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Praise God no matter what. Do not wait until Sunday morning. And don't wait until things will get better. And please don't wait until you're filled up again. Praise Him now, even in the low moments of life. It's okay to be in the desert. It's okay to be at a loss because, because while we are there, we realize we may have nothing, but we do have God. We need to put our hope in God and praise Him in every season of life. And lastly, and I think we forget this one all the time, pray. Pray. Verse 8, By day the Lord directs His love. At night His song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. 
If you aren't experiencing a season of spiritual drought, you, be, you just may, if you are experiencing a season of drought, you just may need to call on God, out to God. Maybe in a desperate plea for help or maybe in a, a calm, quiet conversation seeking God's will. Conversations with the ones who are dear to us and to whom we love oftentimes serve as reminders to us, confidence boosters, encouragement, a little bit of rain during a dry spell. It's the same with God. He wants us to connect with him through conversation. Our prayers may sound different, but God hears them all. That's why I love CPR groups so much. You can get that kind of relationship with other people, and through that you discover where God is and what's happening in your life. You have that encouragement with the other people in your group. It's okay to be a little selfish with your prayers. And for some of you, that's a little difficult to hear. Thinking of others and praying for friends and family is important. But if you are the one walking in the desert, call out to God on your own behalf. Watch what he can do with the circumstances you are in. Rely on him to fill you up. And as we close out our time together today, I want to challenge you to consider what would be on your mix today? What would be on your mixtape today? How does God quench your thirst? How have you allowed him to work in your life? If you are being filled on a daily basis by his word, fellowship with, with other believers and encouragement, even, even through tough times, or you're a, you're a new Christian, you're a new person of this Christian lifestyle, I want you to know that you are not alone. God is always there. And as a church com- community, Huntsville Christian Church wants to be the place that helps you through those spiritual droughts. And maybe this morning, uh, you're in a spiritual drought. It's been a, a long week or a long month or uh, I don't know. I don't know where you're at in life. And this morning, as we come to our time of invitation, I want to encourage you. If you just need prayer, our elders are here, John's here, I'm here, we'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you want to come out of the ultimate spiritual drought and get baptized into the, into the deep waters of new life. Man, we're here. We'd love, to, we'd love to baptize you or just pray with you. Or maybe you're just looking for a new church home and you want to be a part of a, a, a church congregation that loves God even through our highs and lows. Sometimes it's tough, but we'll get through it together. And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you as we stand and sing our song of invitation.